Welcome to the second edition of the Midweek Talk Through here on Young Gun. First of all, thank you to everybody that watched last night uh, on Origin Sports. I believe we will be on regularly on Tuesdays just because of the Monday night game we debuted on Wednesday. And of course, as always, thank you to Graffiti, our sponsor for the show, 158 East Cedar Street in downtown Cary. Miller Light specials this Sunday. Watch football on 19 TVs. Plenty of weekly prizes. I believe they're giving away a Panthers cooler this week. Axe throwing during the game and all kinds of whiskey specials. It is in downtown. Check out Graffiti if you've not been there already. Uh, Lauren Brownlow, who is not on the show uh, today, always would say, oh, I love that place. So, you know, you know that. You have Lauren's endorsement as well. Joining me today on the talk through, Chris McLean from WFNZ down in Charlotte. And, you know, Chris, in addition to talking about Bryce's play, we are also all about vibes on this show. And every Monday morning, or in the case of this week, Tuesday morning, you are taking calls. So what are the vibes right now on Bryce? Uh, vibes are not good. Vibes are not good right now. Not my vibes. Sure. But the, the vibes of Panther fans that tend to be very reactionary. And let's face it, not just Panther fans, Dimitri. You know how it works with the NFL, college football too. I know you're a big college football guy. With one game a week and only a limited <laughs> amount of games per year. Right. It's not 82 like the NBA. It's an overreaction sport, right? There fe- feels like there's been a lot of overreaction. It's been torn- towards two individuals. Bryce is one where I think you're getting a lot of the people maybe that preferred Stroud or Richardson that feel like they've had a validation, right, Mm -hmm. of their opinion. So they want to, hey, he's a bust. I tried to tell you that. And there's also the questioning of Frank Reich, too, and maybe the people that thought Steve Wilk should have been the head coach, and they kind of want to tell you, I told you it should have been Steve Wilk. So between those two kind of things, you know, that's what's going on, and Bryce is involved, obviously. Right. Right. So we're going to circle back on Frank Reich in a minute because I have a theory I've been sharing all year that Reich plays a big role in. But from your vantage point, talking to people on Tuesday morning, then and also watching the game. Were you at the game on Monday night or were you watching on TV? No, I went home. I did a pregame, but I went home. Okay. That's a little okay. too late for us morning guys. No, no, totally <laughs> understand. I lived that life for a long time. <laughs> the, uh, the booze in your mind, were they mainly directed at the team or the offense in general, or do you think that was specifically towards Bryce? I think it was, I don't know. I feel like that's pent up aggression from like basically six years of garbage offense, you know, ever since we last saw healthy cam. I mean, I go back to like that JJ Watt Thursday night hit on cam's shoulder Mm -hmm. when it already was a problem. And it just feels like ever since then we have never had competent quarterback play because it was either cam not healthy enough or it was, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater, Darnold, Baker, this whole crew, right? Yeah. And I just feel like it's been so long since we've seen functioning offense. I feel like people are like, oh, crap, it's this again. And so I just think it was that sort of booing. I know that Coach Reich was asked directly afterwards about, you know, was that booing of Bryce in his first game? And he, you know, how does he handle that? And, of course, you know, Frank was like, nah, I think that's on me. Yeah. I think that's on a, you know, he tried to try to deflect it. I think it's just a collective. I, there's kind of this like accumulated anger that I think is going towards a lot of the new guys, the staff and Bryce. And it's really just because as Panther fans, we've been going through this junk for a minute now, <laughs> right? But we're taking it out on people. It's kind of like you're in a new relationship, but like you start, Oh no, that there's a trait in my new partner that my old partner had. It's like, it's kind of unfair, I think, to the staff, yeah. Bryce. But that's what I think's happening. 
I mean, listen, from the other from the other fan base following Bryce here as a Bama guy, you know, listen, I think Tommy Reese is a bad offensive coordinator, but he didn't recruit the center that can't snap the ball, right? Like the biggest <laughs> problem is not his fault, right? you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a, a little bit about the coaching staff because I've been saying on this show that, like, you know what I do for my day job with Barrett Sports Media. We work with stations all over the country, yeah. and we we work with a station down in Jacksonville. So I've sort of been watching the Jaguars for the last few years as I've been working with those shows. And it's it's not lost. It seems pretty clear that David Tepper and Scott Fitterer were following the Jaguars model after they got serious, after Urban Meyer, right? Yeah. But what I keep coming back to is, as much as you can look at that and say, look at the results in year two for Trevor Lawrence, they, you know, went out and hired an experienced NFL head coach. They got a lot of former quarterbacks around him. Just from my point of view, I think the biggest differentiator is uh, Frank Reich ain't Doug Peters. Yeah, I mean, same tree, obviously, Frank, you know, sure. under him in Philly. They, I think, agree on a lot of things offensively, but Frank wasn't the head coach for that Super Bowl. He was the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Now, I thought he did some pretty good things in Indy. I know this is a bone yeah, of contention, you know, that a lot of fans and pundits, you know, want to argue about. I thought the fact that he was never given a young quarterback to develop, you know, and work with there. I mean, he did a pretty darn good job in Philly with Car young Carson Wentz, mm -hmm. you know, as he was kind of the hands-on guy working with him. Um, but it, but in Indy, you know, I just kind of look at it like, what was he supposed to do? They gave him a new has-been quarterback, it felt like, every year. And it's like he had three seasons out of his first four with a winning record before it really fell apart. So I personally kind of like what he did there. But um, And I kind of believe in Frank Reich. But obviously, they've got to show it. Uh, yeah. Frank Reich, one thing about Frank is the slow starts. You know, he's never won an opener in now six seasons as a head coach. And he's had a couple of years, Dimitri, where he had to rally from brutal first month. Like they were one in five one year. Right. And actually ended up rallying to make the playoffs. There was another year they were one in four out of the gate, rallied to finish nine and eight, just missed the playoffs. And Frank kind of talked about this. Like I've been through this before. It does beg the question, why? Why are they such slow starters? I think that's kind of an issue that he, you know, he has to sort out. But maybe it gives us a little bit of hope. Okay. In the past, he's been a slow starter. Maybe maybe eventually things will kind of, you know, hit eventually. Yeah. You know, I've been I've been watching this team through the preseason and obviously for the last two weeks. And even though I did not have a rooting interest in the Panthers until this year, obviously living in Raleigh, you're very aware of what they yeah. do right now. I was, I was just on uh, radio down in Alabama last week making the same point that you made about Cam. Like if you think about it the MVP year to the drop-off happened really fast. Like, people did not have an extended period of time to uh, experience the yeah. greatness uh, yeah. of camp. Like, that was, a, that was a candle that burned out quick and burned very bright when it did. Um, I, I do wonder if some of the impatience with Bryce is a little bit misplaced, right? Even if you trade up to the number one pick, if you're picking in the top ten, if you're a quarterback taking in the top ten – you're probably not going to a team with a lot of weapons. And I look at what he did on Monday night, and if you take away the five passes that were thrown away to avoid a sack, he's 22 of 28. Now, the bigger problem is he's 22 of 28 for, what is it, 4.2 yards per attempt? Yeah. That's <laughs> that, that, to me, tells me the problem is not the quarterback. The problem is the routes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. There's so many – there's so many moving parts that are not ideal for Bryce right now. Like right. this O line, we thought I thought would be a strength because of the way yeah, they finished last year. 
right now two starting guards are out, you know, and you have Chandler Zavala, a rookie, who's a talent, but a rookie. Mm-hmm. And then you have Cade Mays, who might, I think, has a future, but again, he he's second-year guy, you know. Right. So I think that the offensive line, I think PFF has him as the fourth most pressured quarterback. So that's played a role. Then you go to the receiving core, and I'm not going to act like I saw this coming. I I thought that they could kind of manage a quick passing game, kind of Drew Brees yeah. Saints type offense, right? Like none of these guys, like they're going to have a problem getting the ball downfield, but Bryce will get it out quick. These guys will get these guys aren't getting open quick. It's not there. It's you give them three seconds, they're not getting open. So you have receivers that aren't getting separation. You have a, a, a offensive line that's not been great in protection. So I just think these things are kind of working against Bryce. I'm not saying, too, that he's not having an acclimation period. I think that a lot of us thought, man, I'm admitting a lot of things I was wrong about in the summer, aren't I here? (laughs) Um, I I think a lot of us thought Bryce so mature, so so cerebral, right? I think we thought, man, that's the type of quarterback that could step in and be pretty good to start as a rookie. And I think we underestimated how tough it's, it is for rookies in general. I mean, uh, my guy T-Bone that I work with here on the Mac and Bone show in Charlotte on WFNC, like he he tweeted this out just to try to like get some of the Panther fans off Bryce's back. Like it was a list of stats for, for all these number one pick quarterbacks, right. Burrow, Luck, both Mannings. And I mean, you go on and on and on. It's like everybody knows the infamous Peyton Manning, 28 interceptions rookie year. Like everybody yeah. knows that. But, like, Joe Burrow, I think we forget that first year before he ended up getting hurt, he had a 52 quarterback rating. His, yes. and his offensive line was real bad. And you still on and on and on with guys that – and, like, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. It's like we, we were Google searching today, Trevor Lawrence bust. And, oh, man, people – there were all kind of media oh, folks sure. in there that declared him a bust in the first season. So I think there's a lot of – as much as Panther fans are so tired of the stinky offense, right, we want to see something good, we want to rush it. Sometimes you can't rush those rookie quarterbacks. You know? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I, I made this point on the show, on the big show earlier this week, that uh, if we just based Josh Allen off of his first season and a half, yes, he doesn't have is. a job right now. You know, Absolutely. Um, uh, all right, so I, I want to fast forward to this week, and particularly having been on the air as long as you have in Charlotte. There is something about, they're not traditional rivals, but there is something about Seattle and Carolina when they get together, does that still exist? Or was that solely built on Russ versus Cam? Yeah, I think it was Russ versus Cam. I think it was Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis colliding with Marshawn Lynch. Yep. You know, <laughs> I think it was, although Pete Carroll's still there and I guess he's still annoying, chomping his gum and acting like a cheerleader. <laughs> That's still annoying. But yeah, that was, that was one of those. I don't even know if you can call that. I would call it kind of like a temporary rivalry. Yeah. It was, I think also, it was also crazy too, the way they met every year for like four, you know what I mean? Yeah, and a couple times in the playoffs, too, so they would meet twice. So they played each other and, and a lot. I, I would argue, I don't know if in Seattle it meant what it did here because of Russ's college connection. Yeah, no, it, pro- yeah, it probably didn't. Well, um, let, let me put it this way. Too. Let me put it this way. Living in Raleigh, as much as I hate Auburn and everything that has to do with Auburn, I became a Cam fan because I could not stand the phoniness of Russ, right? Like that is, <laughs> and his supporters, right? So that is, that I think was definitely felt at least in this part of North Carolina. And they were so different too, right? Like, yeah. you know, Russ, I tend to agree with you on the phony side. I know yeah. some people buy into his stuff, but I was kind of on your side. He really bothered me. He seemed like the teacher's pet, always brown nosing the teacher. And, tra- you know, and, and yeah. Cam is the guy that just class clown. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I relate more to the class clown. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, yeah, they were so different personality-wise. And we would even have people in Charlotte 
that would like take Russ's side and bash Cam, and that would drive yeah. me crazy. And it's just, yeah, those were good days for that rivalry. I don't think it exists right now. The rivalry for the Panthers is the first down marker. Yeah. Like, can they get <laughs> can they get in three or four plays past that thing? <laughs> yeah, very fair. All right, so yeah. let's take the historic nature of when these two teams get together out of it, and let's just talk about this coming Sunday when they play one another. What is it that you want to see in order to say, okay, whether it's a win or not, I see real progress? The the path, well, first of all, I think they have to run the ball to have any chance at really succeeding, right? The Atlanta game, again, I know it wasn't the prettiest offensive performance. Heck, they scored only 10 points there. But, like, I think Frank Reich wants this to be a run-first offense. Mm -hmm. Don't put all the burden in the world on the rookie quarterback, Rice. And then some play-action passing off of that. So I think the first thing is, can we please run it like we did against Atlanta and not, you know, like the New Orleans game? And I, and I think they have a chance. That New Orleans defense is special, man. It really is. Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, it's like some sort of continuity of the passing game, guys being open, Bryce having time. I would love to see them boot Bryce out more. They did it once, and he hit Shark for a 15-yarder. Mm -hmm. He rolled to his left, and – Man, made a nice play. I'd like to get him some run pass options and get him out there a little bit, maybe. Um, I'd like to see some different things on offense, too. I think they've got a guy in LaVisca Chenault. And even even Frank Reich mentioned this yesterday. Like, I have – we, as a coach staff, have to get the ball in his hands more. Yeah, He's kind of one of those Cordero Patterson, right, do it all guys. So I just think if all those things happen, I think it makes it easier on Bryce. It feels like he – it does feel like he's pressing a little bit. You know what I mean? I think he yeah. feels the strain. It's hard. I mean, uh, he well, comes. He's, from he's the valedictorian of the high school class that realizes college is a different game, right? Like, yeah, that. that's one hundred percent what it is. So that's what I think's going on. But I still like. I believe so much in his traits. I'm not going to let two games. That's one thing that bugs me. It feels like some yeah. fans that even supported him, like all before the season or in the draft process, it feels like some fans are like bailing off the wagon. Like, I get right. it if you said originally, I'm a Stroud guy. I don't, you know, I wanted Stroud all along. Well, yeah, you're going to look at this as validation, right? Like, mm -hmm. I told you we shouldn't draft Bryce. But for folks whose conviction is so lame and weak that two games in, you're like, I'm out on the guy I believed in all offseason. Like, yeah. that, that's what's annoying me, you know? I, I, I want to <laughs> ask you this to, to close out because I do think it is really interesting. We're entering this stretch that – it would just be hard for me to pick out a victory in Carolina's next six games. It, 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 look, I'm not saying that it won't happen. It's the NFL. You cannot predict it from week to week. That is why, uh, that's why sports books exist and do so well on Sundays. <laughs> but it's hard for me to look at that schedule and pick out a win in any of the next six games, like a no brainer kind of thing. Do you think that that coming into that 0 and 2, do you think that risks like losing even the people that are still very much on board with Bryce? Like, I'm in agreement with you. I think you really get two seasons before we really know what you yes. are as a quarterback. But I think the public is the public, right? There's that line from uh, from Men in Black, a, a largely forgettable movie, except for the uh, the great line of uh, what is it? A person is smart. People are idiots and reactionary. Like it, <laughs> as you, as they feed off of one another, we're going to yeah. hear these talking points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're getting that already. I got better things to do on my Sunday. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm playing golf or, you know, whatever you're going to do on Sunday. Yeah. Like, you're already getting that feeling. And I get it. Ugly offensive football has been something for five, six years here. I mean, my eyes, I feel like my eyes bleed on Sundays watching this <laughs> offense. I just think we have to recalibrate. 
You know, like, yeah. and listen, here it is again. I'm a mid one in the summer. I I thought bad division. Panthers finished strong last right year with defense. I thought we'd be right there in the division. And now I'm yep. looking at like, well, maybe we need to be more process oriented. I hate saying that. I sound like a coach, right? Yeah. But like that, maybe we need to be more about the process of Bryce and how he develops rather than just worrying about wins or losses. But there's no doubt the first six games of their schedule, and we knew this coming in, before that bye week, we knew it looked brutal, right? And that's what you're alluding to. Like we went into the season thinking two wins would be, that'd be all right, you know? Yeah. And now I'm looking at it through the first two games, two divisional losses, and I'm thinking, like you, are they going to get one before the bye week? So, right. I mean, you, you talk know, about, you know, those, those first six, we didn't know that the Dolphins were going to look like they have reinvented the sport then, right? Like all of a sudden now there are other teams out there that don't look like he, that the Panthers are capable of beating them. No doubt. So this is going to be a test. He's going to take my Bryce is going to take his lumps, man. I mean, I've been yeah. surprised by um, the looseness with the football, you know, those two interceptions. I know it was a veteran safety that baited him into it. But again, I had myself believing this is the smartest rookie we've seen. He's <laughs> not going to, but he's still a rookie and he's still going to yeah. fall for stuff. You know, you know how it is. You watch Bama, you watch Bryce at Bama and it's like, he wasn't getting outsmarted there, right? You know what well, I mean? He like He wasn't getting outsmarted, but, you know, it's not like he was playing flawless football. And, and granted, like, I have been spoiled by multiple, what is it, seven national championships in my lifetime. Like, I'm very nitpicky. <laughs> but I told Lauren, said, you are going to see this. You're going to pick up on this because it's going to be even more glaring in the NFL. He thinks he is so smart and can always make the play with his arm that sometimes he'll realize, oh, I've got to take off, and it's too late. And I think that, you know, that window is obviously even smaller at the pro level. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like I'm, I'm taking a giant dump on the guy. And he's like my favorite Bama quarterback ever. I, I don't. It I, sounds I like you sound it. like a McCarran man, I, the That's, way you're talking, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay Barker is my favorite Bama quarterback because he knocked off that obnoxious Miami team back in the day. That's, I was at that game as a, uh, as a young 11-year-old. The uh, oh, that's nice. Lamar Thomas happened right in front of me. What a, <laughs> what a difference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mac and T-Bone, every single morning, weekday morning on WFNZ down in Charlotte. As we do these vibe checks throughout the season, man, I don't know a better person to check in with than you, and maybe we'll get you and Bone on together at some point because Definitely. it is, I think, until you see it up close in your town, and obviously you lived through it with uh, with Cam as well, you forget about how much of this is actually cultural beyond the football field of embracing a new superstar. Absolutely. And by the way, I'm glad I'm glad you said Cam again, because it made me think of something I wanted to say when we were talking about Cam earlier. I, I think part of the like, oh, my God, what's wrong with Bryce? He must be a bust. Look at his first two games. What Cam did his first two games. Absolutely. Like Cam. And the craziest thing about it is, Dimitri, I, I remember I was skeptical of Cam right away. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, this isn't a pro style offense he comes from. How are we going to adjust? Little did I know Rob Chizinski was going to literally be like, here's your <laughs> offense, Cam. You know yeah. what I mean? This offense is go around. You're running in the zone read and all this. But like Cam started so good. His rookie year was so phenomenal that I think we were expecting, OK, number one pick quarterback. We're going to see a similar sort of year. And it's just not all those situations are the same. We just gave a whole list a couple minutes ago of all the great quarterbacks, but the way they struggled in their first mm -hmm. year. Andrew Luck was another one, you know, that had a rough first year statistically. So I just think I think that's tough on him because we're like, well, Cam threw for 800 yards his first two games. Bryce has less than 300. Like something's wrong with Bryce, you know. Yeah. So I think that's part of it that's going on here, too.
Uh, wherever you get the show, please like and subscribe. It is how more people find the show. And then every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock on Origin Sports. Mac, thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Anytime.